0: Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. What's up everybody, y'all doing good today? Y'all alive today in Jesus' name. Come on, January's almost over. Come on, can you give our online people a what's up? Hey everybody, we love you so much. Thanks for being online at our campus there. We are believing God to show up in your living room, in your bathroom, in your car, wherever you are watching. And uh, we believe that God's here. Jesus is here and anything can happen. And uh, we're going to jump into the Word. I really believe that as we gather around Him, things change. Things can change in your life today. Uh, he can show up and speak to something uh, in your specific situation today. He cares about what you're going through. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He wants you to have an enjoyable life. He wants you to have freedom and and purpose and destiny. And so I just want to encourage you. Maybe you came in here and you're not used to church or you haven't been around the things of God a long time and you heard that God was angry and and judging everybody in the earth. Can I tell you that he judged Jesus? He took care of everything on that cross and Jesus was enough. Come on, somebody. I just want to make somebody's life better to let you know that it's not on your shoulders, it was on his shoulders. And so I'm encouraged to be in God's house. We've been looking at a series called Asymptomatic and uh, just really looking what it means to, to have faith and to be infected with faith. One of the greatest uh, uh, fears of this pandemic was to be infected but not show signs or symptoms, thus being asymptomatic. Didn't know who had it, didn't know who who was infected by it. And and I think in the kingdom, one of the greatest things, uh, one of the greatest concerns, is to be infected with Jesus but not not have any signs or symptoms. And so the world shouldn't shouldn't think that we're asymptomatic. We should show symptoms and signs. And so we've been looking at a verse in Revelation where Jesus kind of corrects and counsels a church that had lost. Uh, some of the things that he had for them. They had kind of given their life to finances and, and, and fashion and pharmaceuticals, and they were known for those things. And, and Jesus says to them, I know your works. Since you say you have need of nothing since you say you have need of nothing, they, they hadn't ascertained their spiritual uh, situation well and they thought they didn't need anything. Come on, it's easy to, to go through life sometimes and think everything's good, I'm fine, I don't need anything. And so, especially when it comes to the things of God. And, and I think it's important to know that's not what, how we walk or where we live. We need God day by day, breath by breath. And so Jesus says, I don't, I don't cast you out. I want to counsel you. And he counsels them. We're just going to look at verse 18 today. I'm skipping down to 18. He, this is what his counsel is. Aren't you glad God doesn't cast you out? He counsels you instead. Yeah. I'm so thankful that he has counsel for me. And, and he says this, I counsel you. Do you know that you'll only receive his counsel if he's your king? You'll take his advice, but advice you can take or leave. But, but counsel means you have to do it and you'll accept the counsel to the level that he's your king. And so he says, I counsel you to buy gold from me refined in the fire. Week one, we looked at getting value. Where do we get our value? That's value, gold refined in the fire. Many of you faced a fire. Many of us face fire in, in 2020. And so fire doesn't diminish uh, faith. It actually just reveals faith. It removes what's not faith. So true faith, genuine faith can be revealed. Uh, Jesus says, buy uh, value from me that you may be rich. And white garments, we looked at it last week, get virtue, get value, get virtue. White garments for me that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. That we all have shame. The enemy uses shame to kind of get an external circumstance to shame us with, to drive an internal condition so we hide from God. And Jesus says, listen, I want you to buy white garments for me. I did all the work. I want you to cover up with what I offer to you. I want you to get true virtue from me. And then this one, we're going to look at today and next week. He says, and that you would anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. He says, I want you to get vision from me. He goes, you're you're in this condition. You think you're okay, but I want you to get true value. I want you to get true virtue. And I want you to get true vision. I want you to get vision from me. My title today is very simple. Quit counting worms. Oh, (laughs) Quit counting worms. Look at somebody say, quit counting worms. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your, for your word. Thank you for your, your scriptures. Thank you that they change us. Thank you that they never change. Thank you for your voice into our life today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak still today, that you guide, direct, help, comfort. We can cling to you. We can trust in you. You're a guide for us in these hours. Be the God that we know we need and we know you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, years ago, I was in uh, Florida. We were on vacation, and uh, we used to go every year for like seven years straight. We went to a place uh, in Melbourne, Florida, and I, I don't know if—I'm one of those guys like on the beach. You ever see the people—and listen, if you're one of these people, I love you, and so I'm not, I'm not fully making fun of you, but, uh, but I'm just, I'm just kind of giving you my, my true feelings, my heart today. Like If you're on the beach and you have your metal detector out— <laughs> And, and, and you're, you're in like a full, you're in jeans out there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you, anyone, you know, they, they're wearing jeans. They got a sombrero. They got like some kind of hunting vest on. are like, what are you looking for? You're, you're looking for treasure. I get like, you're going to find treasure. It's kind of, at first I'm like, oh, I wonder if they found anything. But then I'm like, you know, that guy, you know what I mean? Ah, you know, what are you going to find? bottle cap? I mean, there's, there's, para- you're in paradise, right? There's the sunshine and the waves and, and creation. And you're, you're, you've got your head down, boom boop you know so so we were in this little inlet that we go to and it's this beautiful inlet where uh you know um rays or manatees swim and and there's a reef there and we snorkel and we take the kids snorkeling and our kids were pretty young at the time and it's probably uh, knee deep in some areas and it gets a little deeper out towards the reef and we'd snorkel and hang out and I looked up one day and there's this guy with a real downcast demeanor, like with this weird tool, this long tool and another little like, kind of like pan. And he's taking this tool that's got a a handle on it and he's sticking it down to the sand, doing this, pulling it up and putting the the, the stuff in this this other little pan and looking at it and doing this and then dumping it and doing it. And we're all, I mean, just kind of a scowl on his face and just upset and, and I'm, you know, me, I like to talk to people. I'm like, what I wonder what he's doing. Is he hunting for treasure? I'm like, are we standing in a gold mine here? I want to know what's under my feet, you know? He's like, and he's just, just for an hour. Just, and I walk up to him, I'm like, hey, dude, like, I know, I mean, that's not a metal detector. Like, are you looking for treasure? What are you doing? He's like, oh, no, I'm out here. I've been working for the environmental agency for 37 years. He's like, I, 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 I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm counting worms. <laughs> like, you're counting worms? He's like, yeah, uh, this area is uh, pretty much uh, the worm feeding ground and, and this is the, the, the food for many species and I'm counting worms and, and I'm, 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 I, we're really in trouble. The worm count per thousand is down over the last 17 years. It's the end of the world, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, he's so down. He's like going off on me like, like how many worms used to be there and how many aren't there? I'm like, you're in the middle of paradise you got the sunshine and the ocean and wildlife and things all around you. You're downcast, you're angry, you're looking and you're counting worms. Like how many of us with our vision, vision is more about what you're focused on than if you can see. I mean, many of us are focused and we're counting worms and and fear and and the pandemic and and politics and our money and our hurts and our pains. And and God's going, man, there's so much around you. I want you to get your eyes up. Buy for me vision. Buy for me a sab for your eyes so you can actually see. Stop assessing your situation based on your circumstances and what you see right around you apart from God's perspective. God's saying, I need you to look up. I need you to see how I see. There's a story. A young man once found a $5 bill on the street. From that time on, he never lifted his eyes when walking. In the course of years, he accumulated 29,519 buttons, 54,172 pins, 12 cents, a bent back, and a miserly disposition. He lost the glory of the sunshine, the sheen of the stars, the smiles of his friends, tree blossoms in the spring, the true blue skies and the entire joy of living blinded by worms. Counting worms. What worms have blinded you? What worms have you been counting? What, what do you turn What are you counting? What worms have got you? Is it a mistake? Is it worry? Is it money? What has your head down? Is it regret? Is it a failure? Is it a decision that you made? What, what has you looking down where you've lost vision where Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I need you to look up. There's beauty all around. There's beauty in your friendships. There's beauty in your relationships. There's beauty in your children. There's beauty in your spouse. There's beauty in your job. There's beauty in your breath. There's beauty in worship. It's easy. Come on, if you're going to be honest, it's easy to count worms, isn't it, guys? Come on, and we look and we begin to, to, to say, oh, man, I can't believe, and, and, and here we are in paradise that God's given us purpose and destiny, and so I just want to look at a, a story today in the Bible about a guy named Bartimaeus that was blind and... He encountered Jesus and he got his his vision back. And I wanna look at what it looks like to get vision back. Maybe some of you need vision today, like never before. Jesus says, I have vision for you. I wanna counsel you, but there's some things that Bartimaeus did to get vision. I'm gonna give you five simple thoughts and uh, I believe it'll apply to, to some of us in some ways. It says this in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Now they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, that's Jesus, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, Holy Spirit records this name. That wasn't his name, but calls him blind Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard and when he heard and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Come on. God stopped in his tracks. And commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. That word is actually vision. That you deal with the root of my condition, that I could receive my vision. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well and immediately... He received sight and followed Jesus. It's amazing that the Holy Spirit, through the pen of Mark, calls him by his nickname, Blind Bartimaeus. I mean, think about it. I'm sure that's not what his mom and dad named him. I'm sure they didn't look at him and go, oh, wow. Now we can understand how he got his nickname and why he got his nickname, but that's probably not his name. We all get named, but sometimes nicknames just stick, right? Right. Sometimes there's nicknames in our life, and right now you're probably thinking of your nickname. We had nicknames growing up in high school and college. I was Goldie because of my last name. We had Pap, we had Biggin, we had Goob, we had Wiltsy. Some, like, some of y'all are just sitting out thinking of the people. you are like, well, what? I'm not going to explain all the names of why they got them. You know what I'm saying? Some of you can remember the people that, that had certain names or nicknames growing up. My kids, we had certain nicknames for them. We've got Hot Pepper for one of them because he's, he's always you know, at, at, at you know, level 10 at the heat. You know, We had Happy Feet for one of them. We had Biscuit for my little girl. Hot Feet, you know, Happy Feet and Hot Pepper and Biscuit, just names that stuck. They weren't named that, but it was a nickname. And Holy Spirit says, Blind Bartimaeus and calls him by this nickname. What the Holy Spirit is telling us that there's something that stuck to him that wasn't given to him something that stuck to him because of a circumstance in his life. And here's some some things that you can really look at and how to get vision back. And the encouraging thing is he wasn't blind Bart by the end of the story. So I'm praying today by the end of the story that you're not blind in certain areas. Number one, very simple, don't settle for what's stuck. Don't just settle for what's stuck. The enemy's always using a circumstance in your life to try to identify you so he can confine you. So, so here's Bart confined to a corner of this, of this country because this circumstance in his life and the enemy will over and over. He's telling us, Holy Spirit is telling us that there was a situation out of Bart's control that had named him and now confined him. And many of us allow situations in our, in our life to just kind of stick to us. The enemy tries blind Bart on all of us. Come on. He tries blind Bart to get a circumstance on us to confine us. And I don't know what your, what your situation is or how he's trying to limit you. It could be failure Bart. It could be divorce Bart. It could be dumb Bart, used Bart, addicted Bart, useless Bart, sad Bart, depressed Bart, worthless Bart, angry Bart, unholy Bart, lost cause Bart. Regret Bart, Ugly Bart, Fat Bart, Skinny Bart, Lazy Bart. I mean, I'm just saying the enemy will throw these names at us and we begin to listen to the enemy and and we don't have to let it stick. Quit buying into the nickname that the enemy's trying to place onto your life. There's circumstances that some of you and myself included at times have allowed to identify me and confine me. You can encounter Jesus. And listen to me, your condition is not your identity. Your condition is not your identity. Just because your current condition is that, it doesn't mean that's who you are and that it has to confine you forever. I think it's very important to know that that, that we we can hear Jesus. You know, the story says that, and when Bartimaeus heard Jesus, let me just say this to you. If you're in a season where you're having trouble with vision, where you're like, God, I don't really have vision. Your ears still work. Your ears, I mean, he says that he actually heard Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming by. This, this voice of God, this crowd, the, 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 the hearing still worked in his life. And I'm just here to tell you, you've got to protect what you're hearing. Like you can still hear, he heard Jesus. He didn't hear the news. He didn't hear the crowd. He didn't hear all his buddies. He didn't hear the 22 self-help tips from Instagram. He heard that Jesus was coming by. And when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he didn't hear he was limited. He didn't hear it was impossible. He didn't hear it was over. He didn't hear it was too late. He heard Jesus. Man, guard what you're listening to. Man, take the word of God and the word that I'm sharing, the word that you can listen to every day of the week and let, let that just sink in deep. Number one, don't just settle for what's stuck. Number two, don't wait. Stop waiting I talked to someone today they're like man I'm thinking about leading the connect group and or I'm thinking about getting plugged in or I'm thinking about beginning to give and see if God really comes through at his word with generosity how He I'm thinking about getting out of my seat and taking communion I'm thinking about going to the alt don't wait and when they heard that Jesus and the disciples were passing by he started yelling and screaming and and yelling at God you know it would have been easy think about it. it's a large crowd Bart could have been easy like man it's a big crowd I can't I mean, I'm gonna wanna bug the master, you know? Yeah, I don't, he's probably, he's got his limo back there and his, his bodyguards. You know, I don't, I don't know if, I, if he's gonna care. Like, I, you know, I'll just wait till the next town. I'll just wait till the next Sunday. I'll just wait till the next semester to get plugged in. I'll just wait till next year. I'll just, I'll just kinda, I'll just wait. There's never gonna be a perfect time. There wasn't a good time for Bart to begin to shout and scream at Jesus with this huge crowd around, but he refuses to wait any longer. I wrote this down. Sometimes we miss the miracle because we waste the moment. There could be a miracle in the moment that you're missing. There could be a miracle in the moment. I remember years ago at Bible school, I, I, was, I was young and kind of spiritually prideful. Come on, every, every Bible school student is spiritually prideful. Like, we're like, we got it, figured out. You're like, we're the next Billy Graham. You know what I'm saying, Somebody? And so I, was, I had said a few things about the president of the school's leadership and I just kind of said some stupid remarks and, uh, and the Holy Spirit started convicting me about it and, I, and he said, I want you to repent to him. <laughs> I'm like, awesome, thanks, Holy Spirit. And I, I'm on staff, I'm up, I'm up on the platform during worship. We, had, we all sat up on the side of the old school days, everybody's in the chair on the side and all the student body are out here. And, and, and I said, well, God, if you bring him next to me and sit him right behind me, I'll do it. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> sits right behind me. <laughs> I'm just like wrestling with that all through worship and, and we get to the last song and he stands up and slips out because he doesn't want to be caught by everybody at the end. So he slips out. And I'm like, I'm like half of me is like, Whew. And the Holy Spirit says, you better go now. And I jumped up, man, and I ran after him and I caught him outside. He had just gone out of the building. And I caught him. I said, President Lindsey, man, I, hey, listen, love you. Uh, just, need to, just need to repent to you talking bad about your leadership Go on, yeah, that's he's like thank you son would you pray for me right now just pray for me stuck his hand out at the start I prayed for him I got tears in my eyes you know I'm like he's like the most humble man on the planet I'm like God I mean, let's pray for this man you know, there's a, there was a miracle. There could be a miracle in the moment and you're pushing it off to the next day or pushing it off to the next year. You're push, and, and God's saying that you're going to miss the miracle that's in the moment and miss my perspective, miss what I want to do in your life. If you keep on waiting, there's no time to clean up. There's no time to get better. There's no time better than now to come to God. In Ireland, there's a beer pub that over the door says free beer tomorrow. Do you know they've never given away one free beer? <laughs> it's just, there's no, tomorrow doesn't come. Like today, the miracle's in the moment right now. Number three, get desperate. Don't, don't, don't settle for what's stuck. Don't wait. These are simple, but I think they apply. Like get desperate. Verse 46 and 47, he sat by the road begging. He went from begging to shouting. He's, he starts yelling, Jesus. He's begging now. He's shouting. Sometimes you need a shout. I know you're like, well, pastor, you shout enough for me. <laughs> sometimes you need to decide, I need a shout. I mean, it takes a shout sometimes to get to God. Some of you, some of you've lost your shout. And can I tell you, like, if you won't shout in here, you'll never shout out there. That's what this is about. This isn't just about like, like just training. This is the huddle. This is the locker room. This is where we get our shout. This is where we get comfortable to shout out to God and beg and, and scream to God going, Jesus. So then when we walk out there and we get amongst our workplaces and our, our families and our neighborhoods, we have the courage to shout. Years ago, I've told the story before. Years ago, I was uh, in my, my bathroom getting ready for church at our old house and our, our, my closet uh, had my clothes in it and everything. And I was in there praying. I'd pray before church. And I was inside the closet and I was praying. And one of my kids, I think there were three, five, and seven, came up and the lock was on the outside of the door. <laughs> one of them just in some fun manner, locked outside, locked me in the closet. I'm in there praying. I had no idea. I'm on my, I'm on my knees and praying and asking God, you know, God for the day. I get up and I go to get out and it's locked. And I'm like, and I thought they were standing right there. I thought, this is going to be funny. I'm like, hey, okay, funny. Let me out. This is funny, you know, and nothing. They're on the other side of the house. My kid forgets. They lock me in the closet. I am screaming, banging on the door, like, hey, I've got to get to church and preach a sermon. I mean, I was locked in there for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Finally, when my kids, my wife, I think, hears me screaming. Listen, sometimes it takes a shout to get to church. Sometimes it takes a scream to get to God. Sometimes it takes a shout to get to healing, a shout to get to purpose. Sometimes it takes a, a shout to get, to get what God has for your life. And we just go around and we're just, oh, we're just meek and we're just mild and we don't, can I, I mean, there's, is, there's a shout inside. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody that lost their shout today or been intimidated with your shout. Come on, the culture wants to intimidate us where we won't shout. I think it's so important for us to get a shout back and shout to God with a voice of triumph and shout to God with a voice of praise. And uh, it's not just because it's contemporary or or charismatic or so, it's because we're desperate for God because we need God to move in our life. And even in this story, he goes from begging to shouting and God stands still. If you want to get God's attention, sometimes there's a shout that you're gonna have. Can we just, let me just do this. Can we take a 30 second shout break in this place? Come on, just 30 seconds. Can we do it? Come on, th- one, two, three. Come on, give him some praise. Lord, we love you. We shout unto you. We give you all glory and honor. We need you, Jesus. We're not scared to shout. We're not intimidating. We ask for walls to come down. Thank you for stopping in your tracks for us, God. Thank you for stopping in your tracks in this place for us. Some of you wouldn't shout right there is because you're concerned about the opinions of your neighbor more than you are, God. Some of you that get scared to shout because you don't know, oh, is this silly, is this work? No, God's saying, I need a desperation. Can I tell you something? Satisfaction kills Desperation. And, and I, I'm not satisfied. In, I'm not satisfied in my marriage. I'm not satisfied in my parenting. I'm not satisfied in my church. I'm not satisfied in my city. I'm not satisfied with my witness. I'm not satisfied with people going to hell in our region. I'm not satisfied with people being depressed. I'm not satisfied with people not knowing God. And I, and I just, satisfaction kills desperation. Here's this young man begins to shout to God, come on, don't be satisfied counting worms any longer. You're in paradise, man. You, you got the kingdom inside of you. I hope I'm talking to somebody today. I I just, I want to get your shout back. And, And if you can't do it in here, I'm believing that today, even in that moment that God's giving you your shout back. All through the scriptures, they shouted. Number three, don't allow fear to quiet your faith. Kind of goes along with that. Then they warned him. He begins to shout. They warn him and he cried out all the more. I mean, sometimes we let the opinions of people outweigh God. And sometimes we allow disapproval to kill our desperation. And, I, and I'm determined not to let anybody's disapproval dilute my desperation. I don't because I don't, here's here's why you don't understand my shout because you've never walked in my shoes. And we want to judge someone's shout, but we've never walked in their shoes. And so we begin to look at them and judge them and wonder why. But until you've walked in my shoes, you don't know my shout. And I'm shouting because I've walked through some stuff. I'm shouting because I've been in some stuff. I'm shouting because I need God to show up. And I'm not going to let fear or intimidation or disapproval dilute my desperation for God. And I want to encourage you, stop letting people determine if you're going to be desperate for God, man. I've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. I want to be desperate. We we let people, I mean, I'm I'm just going to tell you, I know how it works, even when we talk about opening up an altar and you coming down here and getting on your knees before God or lifting your hands or stepping out of your seat, especially our, years ago, I was a youth pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm the youth pastor. I have about 150, 200 kids. And I had some issues going on in my, in my life and, and there was an altar moment and I, and I was gonna go to the altar and I hear the devil. I mean, he just starts accusing. you gonna go to the altar? You're the youth pastor. They're gonna think you're perverted. They're gonna think you cheated on your wife. You know the devil, you know how he does? They're going to think it's like the worst sin ever. Like, I'm just going down there because I'm going through a hard time. I'm just giving some things to God. But the devil starts trying to intimidate me and I'm desperate. And I just decided I'm not going to let the fear of other people's disapproval drown out my desperation. I go to the altar, I got on my face. And many of you allow the fear to hinder and quench quench your faith. And I, I just think that if we could get a shout and begin to get louder and louder and louder, we got to get louder for God, guys. I don't mean annoying. <laughs> Come on, I don't mean carrying around your family Bible that's eight feet thick and beating everybody up with it. Come on, I don't mean carrying picket signs. And, I just mean there's, there's gotta be a boldness for the things of God. You've heard me tell it, but I play golf and people all the time will be like, Jesus Christ, when they miss a putt. And I'll be like, king of kings. <laughs> I don't care, like, like businessmen, I'll be playing golf with, they will they'll be they'll be using God's name, like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, Lord of Lords. Right there on the green, I don't even know them, don't care. You know, by the, by the end, I love not telling people what I do for a living. It's so fun to watch their face when they find out after they've cussed God for like nine holes, you know what I mean? <laughs> like what do you do for them i'm a pastor <laughs> they're like oh you know that'd be, I would be oh yeah just, uh, i'm like i don't care i love you dude it's like it doesn't bother me i love you but i'm gonna give my guy equal airtime. i'm gonna give my guy some positive air time just just get desperate right number four give up the garment is this helping anybody today Give up the garment. You want vision back? Give up the garment. Verse 50 throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Throwing aside his garment, he threw aside his garment before he ever got to God. The garment was his legal right from the government to beg. The garment was actually uh, given a permission to people that had infirmities or things in their life where they couldn't actually uh, work or make a living or do certain things. So you had, in order to stand on the side of the corner and beg, in order to do that, you actually had to have a license or a garment. The garment told everybody that he was licensed to, to, to beg. And so he throws aside his livelihood. He throws aside, listen to me, he throws aside his legal right to beg. He throws aside his legal right to live below the blessing of God. Every one of us have a garment in our life. Every one of us have been through some. Every one of us have a legal right to say, you know, it was their fault and it, it happened and it was Johnny's fault and it was daddy's fault and it was mama's fault and I'm blind. I was molested. I was hurt. I was abused. Every one of us have a garment. And, and if we just are satisfied wearing that garment, the rest of our life, we'll be confined to some corner of the planet and never get the vision God intended for us to get. You're God's kids. You were you were never built to beg. You were told to ask, seek, and knock. What do my kids do when they when they beg? What do I do? Stop begging. daddy, 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 Stop begging. Daddy, 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 daddy. Can I can I can I can I can can I can I can I can stop begging. And and what happens when they say, but you said, oh, now you got me. Now you got me. When they remind me of something I said to them, when they say, but your your word, dad. And I just want to encourage you, like, you don't have to beg, just remind your father what he said. Like throw aside the garment. You know, he threw aside the garment before he got to God. Many of us hold on the garment because we want we want plan B. We, we want to keep it zipped up. And if I get to God and He does what I want and I've shouted and I get to church and everything's good then, and I feel good that day, then I'll throw the garment off and, and we'll go to happily ever after with God. But God saying, no, 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 I want to be the only option. I want to be your desperation. I want you to trust me. I want faith to be the only direction. Throw the garment off. What garment do you need to let go of? What garment do you say? God, I'm letting go of the garment today. I'm not going to live below Your blessing. I'm going to hear Your voice. Daddy, You said I'm a conqueror. Daddy, You said I'm blessed. Daddy, You said I'm seated in heavenly places. Daddy, You said that I'm more than a conqueror. Daddy, You said that I can do all things. Daddy, You said that I'm justified. Daddy, You said that I'm a saint. Daddy, You said that I'm sinless in Your eyes. Daddy, You said... God begins to give you vision back and you begin to walk in what He has for you. I want to remind God of what He said. I want to give up the garment. I don't know what your legal right is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to be possessive around the garments. I meet people all the time. They're, well, my anxiety, my depression, my disease, my cancer. I'm like, my, you just, you just, you just, you just agreed with the enemy on your nickname. Like mine, you just owned it. Can I encourage you? Stop owning the nicknames the enemy's trying to give you. I mean, you got crazy family members, but you don't name your kids after them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? you got people, you got crazy situations you're going on in, in your life, but you don't name yourself after it. Everybody, you, you know that, i got a guy I went to school with, his name is, I'm not gonna, it's that one of those names that you know you could never name your kids after, right? After you know that crazy name. and whenever you hear that you just have these memories flow back to you I'm just asking you stop naming yourself after what the enemy said that you are stop naming yourself after a crazy condition in your life because that's not who you are I want to be identified by the voice of my father I'm going to throw aside the garment because I need vision I need God to heal me and give me the vision he has for me i got one more thought for you I'm going to pray for you the last one it's so important verbalize what you visualize Jesus says to him what do you want me to do for you what do you want me to do? I mean, that's obvious. He's blind. I mean, he could have asked for more money. He could have asked for better accommodations. He could have asked for a longer stick. He could have asked for a, a, a special treatment. He could have asked Jesus for anything. He could have asked him how to be a better Christian, 10 steps to get to heaven. Many people said, how do I get to heaven? What are the most important commandments? He could have asked any of that, but he decided to go to the root of his issue and said, I need sight, I need vision, Jesus. And Jesus knew what he needed already. Why did God make him say it? Because God wants you to verbalize what you visualize. And he knows if you can't visualize it, you'll never verbalize it. You've gotta begin to visualize some stuff for your marriage, for your kids, for your own life. Visualize, get the scriptures, begin to visualize. It's about what you focus on, not about what you're seeing around you. Vision is about the future and how you're focusing on God. It takes some time and go, God, I'm gonna visualize this marriage. I'm going to visualize my kids in this. I'm going to visualize some things. And then you can begin to verbalize what you visualize. And then God, listen, God will actually actualize what you verbalize. But if if you can't verbalize it, how's God going to actualize it? I mean, just in this story in itself, like there's power in verbalizing what I'm not saying, naming and claiming, and say I got a Mercedes in my front yard. Come on, don't take me, don't, don't do there, don't do that. I'm talking about visualizing the the purpose and the intentions of God in your life for this year, 2021. Some people call it goal setting. It's more than that. It's seeing the things of God. It's asking God for vision back. And I want to pray for some of you to get your vision back today. Some of you've been counting worms. 2020 was a big old year of worm, the year of the worm. (laughs) And we've been counting stuff that has taken and stolen our vision. And here's what I want you to know. Many times we're scared to verbalize it because we think we'll have to actualize it. And we're scared to verbalize it because we think our condition is bigger than his compassion. And sometimes we're scared to verbalize it to each other because... Our condition sometimes with each other is bigger than the other person's compassion. And so we have to create a place with God and each other where we can verbalize because compassion outweighs condition. And I wanna encourage you today that God's here and he's passing by. And maybe you've been counting worms all year. Maybe you've lost some shout. Maybe you've lost your vision. And you're ready to say, you know what? I need vision. Vision. Jesus says in Revelation, come and buy vision from him. Come and put salve on your eyes. Get desperate for God. Don't let what's stuck stay in your life. Come on, we're not gonna take on those nicknames. Would you pray with me today? Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for being in this place. We thank you that today, God, we get the opportunity to buy from you vision. That we can that we can see more clearly that if we're in this place, any of us, Lord, that have been counting worms today, we'd quit counting worms. Like we'd lift our heads up. We've got a paradise you've given us. You've given us your word and your kingdom and and your your truth and the Holy Spirit. You've given us hope, faith, and love. Lord, thank you for what you've given us. You've called us your children. What manner of love is this? You've called us sons and daughters. You're not mad at us. You're madly in love with us. You went to a cross to prove it. You paid all the prices that, that anyone could ever pay to give us a new name and a new life. Lord, help us and forgive us when we've looked away and put our heads down and counted worms in our life. I pray today that someone would get their shout back, that, that people that have been judging you wouldn't, Wouldn't dilute your desperation through disapproval that you'd just shout anyway, that you'd hear Jesus is walking by. No one looking around. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if you just say to me, Pastor, you know what? I need vision. I'm done counting worms. I'm gonna put my eyes on Jesus. I'm gonna change my focus. I, I need vision. Would you put your hand up to me and let me pray for you? I need vision for 2021. I need vision this year like never before. Come on, several hands. I need vision for my marriage. I need vision for my job. I need vision for my church. I need vision for my kids, God. I need my kids to have vision. Maybe somebody else needs vision around you and you know they need to get desperate for God. We're gonna pray for them right now. Hands across this place. I need vision for our country again. I need vision for unity again. I need vision for differences again. I need vision for people that are my brothers and sisters. I need vision for my neighbors again been looking at worms in my own house when there's people all around me that need vision from God. Father, you see our hands, you know our hearts today. Lord, we just say, give us sight. We verbalize it and we know it's on your shoulders to actualize it. Let it be a season of such clear vision in 2021. Let us visualize healthy, strong marriages, friendships, family, parenthood, jobs, destiny, purpose, Anybody in here just going through the grind, God, day to day? Going through the motions, God? Anybody in here just going through the grind of the job? They hate it. They talk about it every Monday like, ah. Anybody in that boat, Lord, give them vision. Give them vision. Give them a new direction, maybe. Give them an open door, God. Give them an open window to see clearly. We want to see from your perspective today, Jesus. And just for another second if you're in this place and you say pastor i I need god i need a i need a fresh start with god i'm not right with jesus i've never really surrendered my life to him if that's you i'm going to pray for you here in a 2nd not going to embarrass you or bring you forward but the bible says this if you would give your life to jesus christ you get a fresh start in god i don't know where you're walking right now but maybe you've walked away from god or maybe you've never really said jesus be my lord and my leader the Bible says it's as simple as saying, "Jesus, be my leader, be my Lord. I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross. You took my shame, my sin. You nailed it to a tree. You came back to life. You are God, and I give you my life. Be my leader. If that's you and you need a fresh start today, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but would you just put your hand up to me, Pastor? I need a fresh start in God today. Just slip your hand up to me so I can pray for you. Anybody in here? I need. I need Jesus. I, I want to be a Christian. I need to come back to Christ today. Awesome. If you're online and you say, you know what, I need God in my life today, would you just put that in the chat and let us know that you need a fresh start and we're gonna pray for you? Come on, church, let's pray together right now. I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you need a fresh start, just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you give me vision, that you are the vision of my life. You're the Lord of my life. I surrender to you as my Lord and my leader. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I give you the rest of my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in Jesus' name.